Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you, if you've not already, to uh, pick up your copy of An Ounce of Prevention. It's my first ever detective novella in which private investigator Jerry Newton, it's a simple case to uh, play bodyguard to a public school teacher, but finds himself in the greatest moral dilemma of his career. An Ounce of Prevention is available for 99 cents on the uh, Amazon Kindle store, and it's also available through audible.com or the iTunes store as an audiobook. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Mystery is My Hobby, and the title is Murder Can Be Pleasant. Mystery is My Hobby. Ladies and gentlemen, Barton Drake speaking. For tonight's drama, I've selected case history number 117 from my book, Mystery is My Hobby. I call it, Murder Can Sometimes Be Pleasant. You're too good for me, Johnny. Let's get over here and sit down. All right, let's. You play like that tomorrow, you're bound to win the championship. <laughs> sure, I'll win it. Kiss me, Johnny. Oh, you backed up. And after you win the championship, our problems will all be settled. Gramps will let me marry you. Well, I. Uh... Kiss me again, Johnny. You're a sweet little kid, Althea. I'm not a kid. I'm 19. And I'm 42. It's the best part of it. You mature. You've seen life. And you've taught me what love really means. Oh, John. You've just got to win that championship. Uh, Althea? Yes, Johnny? Even if I do win the matches, money is still going to be a problem. Oh, the $2,000 prize money. Yeah, $2,000 won't half pay you back the money you've given me in the past six months. You can forget that, John. Nobody knows. But there uh, are other debts, other women who... Johnny, what are you getting at? Althea, I can't marry you. Oh, why? What? I'm going to marry Irene. Yes, your mother. Honey, you can't do that. Why, I... Of course, honey, of course, you're the one I love. 
But Irene has the money. All the money that was left her from her four husbands, and I simply have to have money out here, lots of it. You can't. You can't. What'll become of me? Oh, it doesn't have to make any difference with us, darling. Oh, sure, sure, I'm marrying your mother, but only for her money. I'll, uh, I'll be around, darling. Pig. Oh, down dirty, stinking pig. Out here. You don't have to take it this way. You think you're going to marry my mother? Oh, no, you're not. Before I let you do that, I'll kill you. You understand? I'll kill you. Barton Drake stretched his long legs out until they pressed against the back of the front seat of the luxurious sedan that was to drive him from the Miami airport to the sumptuous El Boca Hotel. Comfortably, he settled himself, lazily scratching his broad back against the soft velour upholstering. He heaved a comfortable sigh and turned to Inspector Noah Danton. Uh, Well, Inspector... What is this all about? I thought you came down here to go fishing. I did. Well, then why this mad wire to me? Certainly you don't need my help to pull those minnows you catch off the pier. The police force down here got stuck with the case, and they asked me to get them out of a jam. And now uh, you're stuck with it? Is that it? I'm in the jam right with them. Mm-hmm. And I want you to get me out. No, 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 Inspector. I think I'd rather go fishing. I hear the sailfish are running, and I... Bart! Hmm? What? What would you say if you found a man lying in a pool of blood in the middle of a parking lot with every bone in his body broken? Well, I'd say that he'd uh, jumped off a 15 or 20-story building. But he was over 175 feet away from the building. Even I know a guy can't jump that far. Well, he, he could have jumped from an airplane. This guy didn't jump from anywhere. He was tied hand and foot. He was pushed. Well, somebody could have thrown him from an airplane. Mm-hmm. This guy was seen going up to his room the night he was killed. After he'd said goodnight to everybody. He was well known. So well known that he couldn't have come down and gone out of the hotel without being recognized. Well, from your description, I'd say he did come down anyway. Sure. But how? How was it done? That, my dear inspector, is more than a $64 question. Can you help me, Barnes? Yes, Inspector, I'm afraid you're too persuasive. Ah, good, Bart, good. Where did all this happen? In the parking lot of the El Boca Hotel. The El Boca? Mm-hmm. Is that where we're staying? Yep. How high is the El Boca? Eighteen stories. Eighteen stories. Huh? But that won't do you any good. He couldn't have fallen from there. Who was this uh, gentleman with the second, uh, seven-league boots? Uh, Johnny Murray. The tennis player? Yep. Well, he was all set to be the next champion. Yep, that's the guy. Well, here we are, the old Boca. What, Inspector? When you go fishing, you go in style, don't you? Mm-hmm. Why not? I save up all year for this. Come on, let's get out. Right with the Inspector. Hey, Mark, look out! What? Why, you Well, I'm a... Uh, what was that? Looks like a piece of carnage fell from off the hotel. Brother, if we hadn't got out when we did, we'd be deader than a couple of mackerels. Hmm. You know, it occurs to me, Inspector, that somebody doesn't like me. Or maybe it's you. And now, back to Glenn Langan for the second act of... Mystery is my hobby. (laughs) 
is where the thing fell from, Bart. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about this, uh, this Johnny Murray. All you know, Inspector. When that night he was killed, he had just announced his engagement to a Mrs. Irene Van Norton. A widow? Yeah, four times. Hmm. Every one of the guys left her a wad of dough. Well, what was she going to marry this Murray for? He didn't have any money, did he? Puppy love, I guess. She's almost in her second childhood. Uh-huh. Now, don't ask me what he was going to marry her for, you know. Uh-huh. Nice chap, huh? A bum. I'd like to get the guy who threw those bricks down here. Nobody threw that piece of cornice, Inspector. It was an accident. You mean it fell off there all by itself, huh? Nobody laid a hand on it? Well, there certainly wasn't anybody attached to it when it hit the car. That isn't funny. I'm sorry. Well, do you know all you want to see? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well... Well, oh, come on, come on, Bart. Let's go. There isn't anything up here but a lot of ventilators, a couple of smokestacks, and a flagpole. All right, Inspector. I'm ready. Yeah. Tell me, does uh, this Mrs. Van Norton live here at the hotel? Sure. She and her 19-year-old daughter, Alfie, and her father, old General Albert Dexter, U.S. Army retired. They got a suite. Not General Dexter. That's what I said. You know him? Well, I certainly know of him. He's one of the greatest artillery experts this country ever developed. Fought all through this last war and the first one. So the old boy's retired, huh? Yeah. Been living here all winter. Tell me, Inspector, were there any objections from the family regarding this marriage of uh, Mrs. Van Norton? Oh, I'll say there were. Both the general and the daughter were mad as house. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh-huh. Ring for the elevator, will you, Inspector? Sure. Somebody else was mad at shops, too. Yeah? Who was that? Bob Hilton. John Murray's roommate. Who's Bob Hilton? Another tennis player. Oh, yes, yes, sure. Well, listen, he's almost as good as Murray. What floor is uh, this Bob Hilton's room, Inspector? Fifth. Fifth floor, please. Huh? Hey, wait a minute. I'm what are you... to uh, pay a little call on Mr. Hilton, Inspector. Yeah. Which is his room? 518. Oh, yes. Here we are. Well, you try it this time, Inspector. Okay. Maybe he's out. No, no, somebody's home. Yes? Oh, it's you, Inspector. Yeah, my friend, Martin Drake. What do you want this time? I've already told you all I know about Johnny. We want to come in and talk. Well, I... Come I... on, come on in, Bart. That's right. And close the door. You. All right, if you insist. Hilton, I was on the plane and didn't get the news. Who won the tennis championship this afternoon? I did. Why? I see. Rather convenient for your roommate to get himself killed, wasn't it? Now, see here, I, I'd have won it anyway. That's something we will never know, will we? Look, if you came here to accuse I'm me... I'm not of... accusing you of anything, Mr. Hilton. I simply... Just a minute, Mr. Hilton. Hey, you, you, stay away from that door. You stay where you are, Hilton. You might as well come out and join the party, young lady. Hey, that's Althea Van Norton. What's she doing here? Can't you see, Inspector? Well, she's uh, rearranging her hair. Yeah. Don't let them scare you, Alfie. They're just a couple of cops. You blush very prettily, Miss Van Norton. I have just asked Althea to marry me, and she accepted. I was giving her a kiss when you knocked on the door. Anything mysterious about that? Only that it's a bit strange that Althea would be seriously concerned with affairs of the heart so soon after her mother's fiancé's demise. Our affair, Mr. Drake, is none of your darn business. Bobby, darling. I read. What? Oh, 
good heavens, look at all the people. Mrs. Van Orton, this is Barton Drake. How do you do? Ooh, Barton Drake. Remarkable physique. Mother, haven't you any sense of decency? Oh, Althea, mind your own business. Walking in on Bob here without even knocking. What in the world will people think? I don't care what they think. Bob and I are going to be married. What did you say? I said Bob and I are going to be married. Oh, think of that, Althea. Your own dear mother, married to the world's champion tennis player. Johnny. You allowed Johnny to announce your engagement. You're so young, my child. Engagements don't mean anything. Bobby here just asked me to marry him. Did he? Oh, the dear boy. Well, you can't have him now, you know. <laughs> oh, I found out last night that he dances the most wonderful rumba. Mother, he's a... Oh, now don't start getting difficult, Althea. You never intended to marry Johnny, did you? Of course not, silly child. Oh, Mother, what you've done, what you've done. <laughs> And now, back to Glenn Langan for the third act of... Mystery is my hobby. Thank you for bringing me up to my room, Mr. Drake. That's perfectly all right, Miss Van Norton. Inspector and I wish to see your grandfather anyway. Poor Gramps. This thing is hitting pretty hard, you know. Hmm. Your mother's actions can't be helping the old gentleman's peace of mind. Let's stop here a minute before we go in. Hmm? Oh, yes, certainly. You, uh, live on a top floor, don't you? Yes. Uh, Mr. Drake, I want to explain why I was in Bob Hilton's room. You don't have to, unless you care to. But I do. I allowed Bob to make love to me, to kiss me, because I thought, I thought... Yes? I thought maybe I could get him to admit that he killed Johnny. Oh, you think that Bob killed Johnny, Mary? I'm sure of it. Why? For one thing, so he could win the tennis match. Now after what we've just seen, because he was jealous of Johnny and Mother. Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of motive there. Miss Van Norton, just why are you so interested in apprehending Murray's murderer? Because I love Johnny very deeply. Brother, has this turned into a family affair? I'll admit now it's all very disgusting. Well, shall we go in and see Grandfather? Yes, yes, let's. Hmm? Who's that? Oh, it's you, Althea, dear. Yes, Grand. I missed you, honey. Who's that you've got with you? Well, Grandfather, this is Mr. Barton Drake and Inspector Danton of the police. How are you, General? The police. How are you? Now, look here. Don't you start putting my granddaughter through any third degree. She had absolutely nothing to do with the murder. Mr. Drake and the inspector have been very kind, Grandpa. Uh, better be by trumpet. Your granddaughter's helped us a lot, General Dexter. Ah, fine girl. Only one in my family is any good. She's my girl. Mother isn't worth the sand you'd stuff in a rat hole by trumpet. Grandpa. Well, I mean it. You a military man, Drake? Four years in the cavalry. <laughs> a dirty neck, eh? <laughs> That's right. Dang good outfit. Thank you. Gained the mint the tanks since last war. You first made the landing at Okanaba. No, with a lot of help, of course. A couple of Marines and the whole dang Navy. 
Bursting and passing with a horse trooper, sir. Yes, sir. I've heard a great deal of you, General. I understand you're an artillery expert. Know all about it. Studied the subject from the time David threw a stone at Goliath with a slingshot hmm? down to the time he threw an atom at Bikini. <laughs> all artillery and all. The propulsion of missiles. Yeah, but getting too dang modern for me, though. Had to retire by trumpet. Well, General, this is very interesting, but really, we're here for an entirely different matter. Yes, I know. You're trying to find out who murdered John Murray. That's right, sir. I'd like to find out myself. I'd pin a medal on the man who did it. Give him a citation. I take it you didn't care much for the gentleman? He was worse than a cashiered second lieutenant, sir. The scum of the earth. Uh, uh, Alfie, darling, uh, would you mind leaving the room? What I have to say about Murray isn't fit for your ears. Of course, Grandfather. Don't be hard on Gramps now, Mr. Drake. <laughs> you can trust me, Elsa. You and your granddaughter are nice people, General Dexter. However, I can't say the same of your daughter, Mrs. Van Norton. Just like a mother. Worse. Lack of discipline when she was young. I'm an army man. Moved around a lot. Then there were a couple of wars that interfered with my bringing her up properly. I see. You were violently opposed to your daughter's marriage to John Murray, weren't you? Opposed? I forbade it. I see. Tell me, General, have you any theory as to who could have committed this murder? Ask him if he's got any theories as to how it was committed. Oh, I already know how, Inspector. Now I want to know who. You did. How about my question, General? Well, sir... I was probably the last man to see him alive. You were the last man to see him alive? Yes, sir. He came up here right after announcing his engagement to my daughter. We had a pretty violent scene. He'd come into my apartment and... uh... Young man, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to prevent your marriage to Irene. Why? What have you got against me? Everything. I've had private detectives on your trail. (laughs) Yes, I know. I've... uh... Had them in for drinks. For the past six months, you've been living on money given to you by my daughter. Why, any man who takes money from a woman is no oh, more than Oh, take it easy, Gramps. Take it easy. I've been living on money given to me by your granddaughter, too. That's a lie, sir. Why, oh, you... Oh, calm yourself, Gramps. There's one thing that I absolutely will not let you touch. And that's my granddaughter. She's the only clean one in the family. <laughs> She's mad about me. I've had a hard time making up my mind which one I wanted... However, your daughter's money was the deciding factor, so she's the one I'm going to marry. I'll outlive her anyway. She'll drink herself to death. Are you low-down, dirty heel? Sure. Sure, I know I'm a heel. And your daughter's a heel, and your granddaughter's a... Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Mr. Drake, is just about the last time I ever saw John Murray... Alive. Thank you, General, for telling me this. I'm sorry I had to question you, but... Oh, that's all right. I'm a military man, sir. I like direct action by (laughs) trumpet. Well, General, it's been very nice meeting you. Glad to know you too, sir. You know, with your knowledge of artillery, you ought to write a book. (laughs) I have, sir. You have? Good. If we ever have another war, God forbid, this country's going to need it by trumpet. Come on, Inspector. Uh, Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Good night. Hey, Bart. Hmm? What was that crack you made about knowing how the murder was done? I do, Inspector. Whoa, whoa. Come on. Give, give. 
No, I don't think I'll ever tell. Huh? Now, look, Bart, you can't... If I ever heard of a justifiable homicide, this is it. Now, look, Bart, there's a law, and it says... John Murray was a skunk, not fit to live with human beings. No, I guess you're going to have to figure this one out for yourself, Inspector. Now, look here, Bart. The law is the law. We've got to have it, and the law says that if a man commits a murder, he has to be punished. No man has the right to take the law into his own hands, whether or not the homicide is justifiable or not. It isn't up to me to decide, or you. We've got the courts for that purpose. Now, if you know anything about this murder, you've got to tell it. Otherwise, it makes you an accessory after the fact. You know that as well as I do. Yes, Inspector, I know. I know. All right. Get your crowd together and bring them up to the roof. We might as well get this thing over with. My crowd? Yes, Althea, and Mrs. Van Norton, Bob Hilton. Well, how about old Grandpa, the general? Want him to come up to? No, that won't be necessary. I'll let you tell him about it after we pick up the guilty party. Yeah. And now, back to our star, Glenn Langan, for the conclusion of... Mystery is my hobby. Now, gentlemen, I told you I know how the murder was committed, and I do. Now, don't tell me John was thrown from this roof. It isn't possible. Not in having land where he did. No, but it is possible, Mr. Hilton. And that's just what happened. Oh, dear. I would like to meet a man who was strong enough to do that. You have, Mrs. Van Norton. Oh, good heavens, who is he? Do we have to go through with this? I feel rather faint. I'm afraid you'll have to hold on just a bit longer, Miss Althea. Inspector, you'll remember that iron ring that was in that piece of cornice that fell on the car. Sure, I remember. It had a short piece of rope tied to it. Exactly. Now, let's take a look at this flagpole. It's a good, springy piece of hickory. You see, Inspector? Yeah. And look, Bart. There's another piece of rope. Hanging loose from the top. Right you are. Now, here's what happened, at least the way I see it. Our um, executioner first knocked out John Murray, then tied and gagged him and brought him up to the roof. Oh, I hope he was still unconscious when he fell. Well, perhaps he was. Then our executioner bent this flagpole back, way back, and tied the top of it to that ring in the cornice. (laughs) How could anybody do that? You'll notice that this is a double rope, Mr. Hilton. By inserting an iron bar between the ropes and twisting them, it could be done very easily. Now, with the pag pole bent down, almost parallel with the roof, our executioner placed Murray's body on it near the top, and probably tying on it some kind of a light cord that was just strong enough to hold the body in place. He then takes an axe, and he cuts the twisted rope. The flagpole springs back into an upright position and catapults the body out into space to where it lands 175 feet away from the base of the building. Hey, Bart. Hmm? How about that cornice? What made it land on us? That was purely an accident, Inspector, as I told you before. The jerk of the rope when it was cut must have loosened it. And then Mr. Newton's law of gravity did the rest. That's a very pretty story, Mr. Drake, but you still haven't told us who did this parlor magic. You did, Mrs. Van Norton. You and Bob Hilton. Yes, and John Murray himself. Mother, I... Oh, now look here, Drake. You did it by breaking a gallant old man's heart. You and your escapades, Mrs. Van Norton, your love affairs, first with Johnny Murray and then with Bob Hilton here. Your silly, vicious lack of decency. 
The guilt is yours for driving a proud, honorable old man to the point where he couldn't live with himself and admit that you were his own daughter. Uh, Mr. Drake, you're, you're getting insulted. You'll hear me out. And then when John Murray threatened to sully the one thing General Dexter had left, the one thing he loved more dearly than life itself, his granddaughter, your daughter, Mrs. Van Norton, the general decided to take matters in his own hands. He was a military man. He liked direct action. So this is the final result. And I hope you're all smugly and completely satisfied with what you've done. Come on, Althea. Inspector, let's go. Yeah. Just a minute, Mr. Drake. General, are you... What are you doing here? I plan to spare you this. Oh, it's all right, Elsie, honey. It had to come out. I... I knew it. Very good reasoning, Mr. Drake. Excellent. I'm very sorry, General. Uh, see that Althea gets away from her mother, will you, Mr. Drake? I... I... Oh, I won't be able to myself. I... Trumpet. Here. Let me take a look, my dear. I'm sorry, Althea. Somebody higher than the law has wiped that slate. No, no, no. You should be glad, my dear. The old general would like it that way. He liked direct action by trumpet. <laughs> well, I'll be darned if I can see how you figure this out. Still beyond me. The catapult inspector was a forerunner of modern artillery. What would you say was General Dexter's hobby? Well, artillery. He was an expert. Yes, Inspector. Just as with me, mystery is my hobby. Welcome back. Some pretty recognizable uh, voices in here. Uh, the tennis player was played by Wally Mayer. His rival was played by Bob Bailey, which, you know, is a sort of let George do it a combination. I appreciated the spirit of uh, Inspector Danton's uh, lecture to Barton Drake on his duty come forward uh, and that... Uh, Murder needs to be exposed. I think that was true. I think he was probably stretching things a bit in terms of the law by saying that uh, if uh, Barton's right eyed him the solution, he would be an accessory after the fact. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I I, I guess that uh, if I am wrong, a lawyer uh, who is listening can correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's not how it works, because... Um, essentially, uh, both uh, Barton Drake and Inspector Denton are privy to the facts of the case. Uh, there was nothing that Barton Drake saw that uh, Denton didn't see. Now, what uh, uh, Drake used to solve the case was his interpretation of the facts, which 
I, it's not really required to give. It was definitely a very sordid situation. Uh, they, they really captured that. I, I mean, when, uh, the daughter said, you know, I know now it's disgusting. It's like, yeah, okay, thanks. Again, she shows more sense than most everyone else in the story by being able to acknowledge that. It's the type of thing that uh, would, I guess, you know, in half a century end up on Jerry Springer. All right, well, uh, listener comments and feedback, and Mark says, uh, uh, Good morning, Adam. Something caught my attention during episode 3444. Uh, mystery is my hobby when Barton and Inspector Drake were headed for the dock to meet the Queen Elizabeth and called the inspector's prisoner. Barton comments the reason he came down is that he was on the maiden trip of the Queen Elizabeth and wondered if the old girl is the same. The comment piqued my interest because I remembered uh, the Queen Elizabeth was used as a troop ship during World War II, so I wondered uh, when the maiden uh, trip was. She was constructed in the 1930s and launched in 1938. However, she entered uh, service as a World War II uh, troop ship in February 1940. She did not sail as an actual ocean liner until October 1946. You failed to mention the date of the episode of The Case of uh, 65 Women, but I believe it was sometime in September of 1947. I don't think we were given any clues uh, into Barton's age. However, the question becomes, did Barton sail on the 1940 voyage as a troop ship? And uh, was he a soldier on that ship? Or did he sail on the 1946 voyage as an ocean liner? His comment has added significance because of the radical changes made to ocean liners when they were used as troop ships as opposed to the actual purpose uh, as ocean liners. I'm sure audiences at the time may have had a better insight in the comment as to what is as, as to how it was meant. But I would sure love to know if he sailed on her as a young uh, soldier heading off to war, or if he enjoyed a pleasure cruise as an author on her. Uh, thanks again for all you do and for bringing uh, a time gone by to life. Uh, respectfully, Mark. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for the comment. Regarding the date of uh, Mystery is My Hobby, I mentioned way back when we did the uh, first episode of this, like a year ago, that uh, it was essentially not possible to figure out uh, when these actually first aired in terms of an actual date, or even to really give it a range uh, in most cases, uh, because... Uh, if you go on the internet, uh, you'll find all sorts of logs with all sorts of different dates for airings. Uh, and there was actually, uh, for a lot of episodes, there was uh, the episode uh, when it was played on uh, the air the first time. And uh, because it was syndicated, it would verify, uh, vary when it was played. Plus, there was a syndicated run of Mystery is My Hobby, and then there was the original uh, broadcast of a lot of these episodes that were aired as uh, Murder is My Hobby. And so we don't really give dates unless I pick up on internal clues, and um, I guess September 1947 for that episode probably works pretty well. Uh, and I think we can probably 
uh, assume most of the Barton of the Barton Drake uh, episodes that we uh, have with uh, Norman Fields probably came from uh, between 1945 and 1947. And these come from 1947. Uh, we did get a little bit of a clue about Barton's uh, past here with the mention of the fact that he had been a military man and spent uh, a few years in the cavalry. Whether he rode this as a uh, pleasure trip or he rode it as a soldier, we can't say for sure, but we certainly can speculate, and that can be even more fun. All right, well, I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Stephen, Patreon supporter since July of 2020. Currently supporting the show at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support. That will do it for today. If you do enjoy the show, uh, be sure and rate and review it wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. If you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.